We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. More, I, I talk to you, see all 22, gain knowledge of the game. It, it looks simple when you're watching it on TV. And I, it really does. It looks like you can say this was the reason, that was the reason. But it's so much more that goes into it that, affect, that affects players, especially offensively. That's why I asked, man, do we give Jared Parker do we give him a, a pass when he loses a guy that he thought was going to be part of the game plan right before kickoff? And I'm not now giving he's, Parker any passes because Marcus Freeman didn't get a chance to really get his guy in. So I put whoever hired Jared Parker behind the scenes, that's who it goes to. Bro, what do you mean, whoever hired him behind? <laughs> whoever left Marcus Freeman with the non-buyout pick. Oh, man. That's who it goes on. Because, you know, when you're putting people in position that ain't ready, it ain't that person that ain't ready. It's the mm-hmm. person that put him there that the blame falls on. Well, bro, what do you need to see against Louisville? Since we don't have a true concern about Louisville, what do you need to see offensively from Jared Parker? That they should get Jaden Thomas back and they should get uh, Great House back, according to what we've heard from Marcus Shreen. I just don't know how much it's going to affect us when it comes to being who we are. Do I think we're a 47 a game team? I don't know. Do I think we're a 14 point a game team? I don't think that It's to where, all right, we're over the the over-emotional and the too-close-for-comfort type of wins. Now, who are we as an offense is something that needs to be apparent, that needs to be evident against another team where we can do whatever we want because it's about us. We just have to be able to execute and find the right pieces to make it work.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Honestly, moving forward, man, there were there a lot happened. Like that night, I'm going to tip my cap left to Notre Dame for pulling that game out. Let me tell you why. Uh, there are a few people that mentioned their trepidation with this game uh, coming off of the Ohio State game because of 2014. And it seemed like a similar loss at the end of the game, like Florida State in 2014. My pushback during the week was this is every year the locker room is different and every team is different. We wasn't better than we wasn't better than 14's Florida State team. From no, a I'm talent perspective. From a oh, talent okay. perspective and then the injuries. That's what I tried to we explain. Were, yeah, we're we had better nothing than, to we do. were better than some high state teams. Yeah. The 14 team didn't disintegrate because of an emotional loss. You lose your starting two linebackers. You do. The injuries just piled up and you can't. Things just went left, right? Well, Ed but, had the most turnovers in college football at the time. But Ed was game. coming off. Ed was trying to get back to being himself coming off a of suspension. No, we was rolling, though. We was 5-0. and Oh, oh yeah. Everything was rolling. That's fine. But like I said, you get injuries at wide receivers. You get injuries on the offensive line. You lose your two starting linebackers. Like, bro, I don't care how much talent you have, because at that point, you, you were, you were the youngster on that squad, left. Yeah, but our problems lied in, lied in, uh, in management. It's like that matters a lot. If you're not managing the team right, it don't matter how good you're supposed to be, it would never come to fruition. Mm-hmm. We have management issues, so you know that's how things that plays, fall apart mid-season. That plays into it as well. My point is, I have confidence. Look, I was ticked off with two minutes left in that game, just like every other Notre Dame fan. 
But I had confidence because I believe in the leadership. And at the end of the day, the leadership on that team made plays. Did they not? That's right. Howard Cross is a leader. He made a play. Sam Hartman is a leader. He made a play. My whole point was last year's team lost to Stanford and Marshall because their leadership was terrible. Yep. Terrible. And anytime you get to tough situations, who you are comes through, through the leadership and through the leaders. My faith right. was in the leadership of this team, and my faith is going to continue to be in the leadership of this team. That's why I pushed back a little bit on those saying, Duke out coach Notre Dame. No, not when you look at the totality of the game. You can't say that. Um, the leaders, when everything looked really bad, Notre Dame's leaders came through and made the plays. They didn't leave it to the youngsters. The leaders made the necessary plays to get right. things done. And that is what I hold on to. That is what I mean when I say if Notre Dame plays their game, there's no one in the ACC that's going to beat Notre Dame. The teams in the ATC, are, they're just not good enough other than FSU. And FSU yeah. just, they're not on the schedule. Yeah, It's all about Notre Dame. And hopefully, now that they've played two emotional games and have seen opposite outcomes, now the real team can come out of that and say, okay, we, we got over that. Let's go play the rest of the schedule and let's go be who we are. And hopefully that's what comes forth from this. That's it. That's it. That's it. So I don't know. I don't know what. You, this is, you can't make me believe what I believe about Notre Dame. You can't. Like, I watched this team in the spring. I talked to coaches. I talked to people in the program. I watched this team in the fall as much as I could, going dealing with what I was dealing with. That's why I was hyped two weeks before Ohio State. I knew what this team was capable of doing against Ohio State. That's right. I knew. I'm like, dude, lace them up. Lace them up and bring them into the stadium. I knew the type of game we were going to play against Ohio State. And that's why, and that's why I definitely need Jared Parker. That's what I would say. I needed Jared Parker to show why getting Sam Hartman was the right decision. Scoring anything under 21 a game is not showing why we got Sam being the right decision. That game last week and even the Ohio State game was very resembling or very resembling to having Tyler Buckner at quarterback from the production that we had at the position. Probably less turnovers, but same type of production. 14 points. Yeah. So I, I need I Jared Parker 
to show why Sam Hartman is better than 21 points, 14 points in mm-hmm. games that we should be winning by 47. So, yeah, the games that we had the first three, you were showing me, okay, this is what Sam Hartman does for an offense. The last two games is what you is what you had last year from a production of, of the quarterback position. So that's what I'm expecting going into Louisville. We go back to averaging the points we did the first three because that's the Sam Hartman effect. Not handing the ball off to go up 14 to 10, 11 or mm-hmm. nothing like that. Not having him run on fourth and 16 to get a first down. That's not why we brought Sam. Mm-hmm. Hell, handing the ball off with 30 seconds in the game left to win is not why we brought Sam. Yeah, we scored on it, but if we did, if we get like a five-yard gain, I'm calling that a stupid call. Mm-hmm. Because we got Sam Hartman. What are we handing the ball off with 30 seconds for going in to score to win the game, handing the ball off? Why? That's what you would do with Tyler Buckner or Drew Pine. Why are we wasting so much time in the game before killing the clock? What are we killing the clock for? What do we care about time of possession for when we have a quarterback that threw for 12,000 yards and we can run the ball like we have been all game? I don't want to see Sam handing handing off the ball back-to-back weeks for game-winning scores. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I don't want to see. Because then it's like, what's the point of having Sam then? When is the Sam effect going to take place? Because I still haven't seen it. I've just seen a quarterback come into an advantageous position of being around a lot of resources and doing just enough. That's all I've seen from Sam Hartman is a guy that's done just enough. And it's, you know... It is that's something we said. Like all this Sam for Heisman and all that stuff. Like, dude, Sam Hartman has to come in and play his part for this team. And you were very clear saying Sam is not an aircraft carrier, a quarterback that's going to carry a team. That's not who he is. But he's a tough son of a gun. I tell you that he's going to compete and he's a hell of a quarterback. Right? And I look, we all live by different like whatever you choose to live by, you live by. I have no problem with that. I am have always been taught wake up the next day, it's a new day. Be thankful for that day and take advantage of that day. In football, what are you guys taught, left? Forget the last play. There's nothing more important than the next play. Coaches tell you all the time, coaches that win championships, Kirby Smart said it on the field after the game against Auburn. Last year's team don't mean nothing this year. Nothing. It's a whole new locker room, a whole new confidence that has to be built, and we have to put in the work to do it. Period. That's it. After two games last year, we knew Notre Dame was in trouble from a leadership standpoint. 
after two games. It was apparent. And if people really knew the stuff that happened last year, the fact that they were able to get to a bowl game and beat South Carolina was a huge accomplishment. The fact that they were able to smack Clemson the way they smacked them was a huge accomplishment. Huge. And I see, I wasn't me personally. I wasn't like Brian Driscoll. Brian Driscoll all offseason was like, yo, I think they got a chance to win a national championship. And I'm like, mm, I, don't, I don't know. Because I was still worried about the front seven on defense and the linebackers. That's right. They, they still concern me. But the one thing I was sure of from spending time around this team is that the squad they got rid of, I, I don't like using this word, they got rid of the malcontents and the locker room was a whole lot better than it was. And the leadership was light years better. And that means something. So when you get into tough situations, emotional situations, you have to grind out tough wins where leadership has to come to the forefront. That's why my confidence was at an all-time high last week. Like, dude, the leaders on this squad is totally different. It's totally different. Like you said Second in 2014, enough. left, the leaders of the locker room were the ones that got injured. Yeah. The leaders of the locker the locker room was so bad. Cam McDaniel said preparing for the Music City Bowl against LSU. The locker room was so bad. Cam McDaniel asked Brian Kelly to lead the locker room so he could talk to the team. That's how bad things had got. Which you just pointed out. 2014, there was a lot going on with the coaching staff, too. It wasn't just injury. That's a lot that went into the slide. So you just can't go pull another year. Well, it's unfair because you can do what you want to do as a fan. It's unfair to pull another year and apply it to a totally different team and a totally different locker room and a totally different coaching staff. That's unfair. It might be how you operate or how you think, but it's really unfair to do that to the team. Right? Because I'm not a person that needs to see it in order for it to register. All I need is a glimpse. And I can tell you whether or not a team is going to be ready for a tough task. That's why two weeks before Ohio State, I knew that that team was ready to play Ohio State, nose to nose. I didn't yeah. need to see anything else. Yeah, we was ready. I knew two weeks before they played Ohio State, this team is ready to compete with Ohio State. Yeah. I knew it. I didn't, I didn't have to go and watch the first quarter against Ohio State to say, oh, okay, this is going to be a competitive game. No, I knew it. Just like I watched Derrick Rose and Simeon play Brother Rice when Derrick Rose was a sophomore 
in the quarterfinals of the of the state, the super sectional at uh St. Xavier on 103rd. And Brother Rice had this McDonald's All-American point guard named Bobby Frazier. I don't know if you remember him. He went to North Carolina. Yeah, I watched Bobby Frazier was nice. Okay. I watched Derrick Rose for one half as a sophomore and told my cousin who was next to me, he's going to the league. And he was a oh, sophomore. You said, you said that as a sophomore? He's going to the league. Now, maybe God has graced me with the eyes to be able to see stuff. And I don't have to wait for it to manifest. But I said when Derrick Rose was a sophomore, oh, he's going to the league. You know what else I said? I said Bobby Frazier's going to be trash. I said Bobby Frazier ain't going to be all. He's a McDonald's All-American. He ain't going to be all of that in North Carolina. And he's not going to the league. Bobby wow. Frazier played like two seasons in North Carolina and you never heard from him again. Yeah. Well, so maybe I'm just blessed to be able to see things early and, and tap into it and say things that I'm around. I'm not just talking about stuff off the cuff. I'm talking about things that I got a chance to watch and see and be around and feel what's going on. And I'm just telling you, this team, from a leadership standpoint, is just different. They are, man. They are. They are. And if those are the two toughest things, if they just went through the two toughest weeks, which I think they did, I think that what they just went through will be the toughest part of the season that they have to endure. The toughest stretch? Just emotionally. Like, it doesn't get any tougher yeah. than that. I think, let me tell you something. I'm not well, telling the season you was going right to, on the last week I'm not going to, I'm not telling you who's going to win the game. But I think this team is going to be so happy when they get to USC. I think they are so disappointed in the Ohio State game that Duke and Louisville and just trying to get back to where they were, it is really an inner battle for them. It's really not about the opponent. Them as a team and as a coaching staff, coming off of that disappointment, they're just trying to get back to being who they are. It's almost like breaking up with your longtime girlfriend and trying to get back out there dating. It's like you don't feel like it. You're just going through the separation anxiety. You're going through not having that person in your life. And your friends are trying to get you to go to parties. They're trying to snap you back into place. And it's tough. And that's what this Duke and Louisville game is going to be like for Notre Dame. Just trying to get them back. Come on, let's get back out there. Let's get back to being ourselves. And it's going to be tough because it's about them. It's not about the opponent left. Yeah, it's, it's not about them. them getting back to who they are and they're going to be so happy when they get to usc bro because they're going to recognize okay this is another opportunity yeah we'll this, definitely is, this is another big uh, opportunity for us they're going to be so happy when they get to usc i think they're going to play really one of their best games of the year against usc will it be enough 
we'll see. But I think what they're going through, they're equipped to come out of it because their leadership is really good. And let's be honest, for the most part, this coaching staff has done a really good job with this team this year, man. Notre Dame does not have overwhelming depth and talent. Notre Dame isn't stacked like Georgia now. Like, they got talent. But we're not talking about a Notre Dame team that's just stacked. They don't have a quarterback that can carry you and take over games. That's not what they had. And like I said, initially, I would probably agree. Like, yo, they did get out coached. But when I go back and look at the game, I'm like, yo, that fake punt, Al Golden. Like, yo, they did so many good things as a coaching staff for two and three quarters of a game that I have to give them credit for that. And that's even with me. Not understanding why Marcus Freeman is doubling down on this whole one-yard line thing. And why he's talking, you know, trying to give a pass to Zeke Carell because they didn't practice defensive line shifts. Like, what? Even with that and me being critical of his comments, for the most part, this coaching staff has done an incredible job, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just with this team. When you balancing a, a program as top tier as Notre Dame being the fact that this is not the average college football team, everything is more, judged more critically. I think if Marcus Freeman was at any other program, especially being two years into it, they would be speaking a lot differently and more highly upon Marcus Freeman, even having the last seasons that he's had if he was somewhere else. I think because he's at Notre Dame, being that where the program was left by the last coach and the expectations of the fan base moving forward, trying to get somebody better than the last coach who was arguably pretty good, you know, regardless of not getting the job done. It's just kind of crazy to see uh, the, the expectation we have on Marcus Freeman just after two years. And for him to be able to be in these situations where there's a lot of pitfalls to the expectation of where the program is, but from a two-year first-time head coach, I mean, he's doing things that I think when we look back on Marcus Freeman, we'll be like, man, that was I, that was crazy how he pulled some of that off. So no doubt right now it's a little rough because he almost is – trying to overcorrect on things that, you know, if he was at another place, another time, another another college football team, he probably would have been like, yeah, we should have scored. Yeah, you know, bro. That was a good decision. But because Notre Dame is just so detailed and picky and petty and, you know, looking at everything, he's trying to cover all the bases and go over it a couple times, make sure he – is saying and doing the right thing. So I do think that this coaching staff he's put together through the amount of different changes that's taken place in just one year, 
Yeah. And and not only that, but to be doing all of this, <laughs> to be doing all of this and then having those changes, having those blockades, and then still being expected to beat Ohio State and to go, you know, 11-1 and one or undefeated, and to even still be in the running for that, I think it's just explementary and probably can't find that too many places. So yeah. I definitely think that from him to be able to lose your offensive court, well, <laughs> to be a defensive coach, first-year head coach at a major program, to be given an offensive coordinator with more duties than a regular offensive coordinator, to have him run rampant and say, I'm not going to get a QB coach. I'm going to run all this by myself. You can't tell me no different. Take on different meetings from other schools during this same time. As you're trying to put together a staff, as you're trying to recruit for the first time, being a lead head coach, trying to figure out what you can and can't do. Your offensive coordinator is being a, a, rogue, a rogue person. Going in Miami, going to the Rams, hanging out with Sean McVay. Go through a season after taking on a ball game of a team that was was just gas. We were just tired. And in two weeks, you revitalized the team that at least looked differently than the than the pathetic, you know, we were so over that year, I think. And for him to give the team life in just those two weeks leading up to the ball game did a great job. We probably played better than we would if we didn't, you know. Get through a rough year of eight and five with a couple of embarrassing losses early on. You finish the year as strong as you could. Make all the recruiting changes you did. Lose both your quarterbacks, your backup and your starter. Told them mid-year you're going to get somebody. So just imagine that. You tell your, your, the guy that makes the whole thing go that you're getting replaced mid-year and still expect him to go out there and play his best to win games. Mm-hmm. That's that's hard to do. <laughs> that's hard to do. Because if I was a quarterback, I would do part. I'd probably be like, all right, well, I'm going to just do what I want. Yeah. But he was able to still have a relationship to keep it held together. Win a ball game. Yeah. Lose your offensive coordinator. Try to get one. Get denied, mm-hmm. get given another one. As you and lose your right hand man, James Laronitis, trying to recruit the whole world on the plane with your running back coach. Having to cover so many different holes leading up to a new season where you still trying to make it your own. And lo and behold, you got to do better than last year. No, no excuses. I think that's a tough, tough, tough task to ask somebody. And then to be winning, even in, and then they're expecting you to win even by uh, in a more stylish fashion. You know, we're asking a lot of this guy. We're asking a lot. And I think if he would have pulled off the Ohio State game like we had it in hand and uh, <laughs> to do all of that and then make a couple of crucial mistakes. It's just like it's high stakes when you come to Notre Dame, just high stakes. Mm-hmm. So as as much as we have empathy towards his plight at Notre and Dame. And there's nowhere to hide. Like there's, there's nowhere, nowhere yeah, to hide. He can't, he can't go in there and blame nobody. He can't no. go in there and say, 
I mean, he could take the route of what Brian Kelly did, but you can't lose the fan base early on. No, but see, Brian Kelly, that's that's Brian Kelly. He's still blaming people. Blame, blame everybody else. Blame the players. It's not me. Oh, man, I love him. But... It's not me. Forget the but fact you know... that I got Mason Smith, a first-round pick on the D-line, and Harold Perkins at linebacker and just gave up 50 points. Hey, it got nothing to do with me. Absolutely nothing to do with me. Because you said you left to go have more talent. That's why you left Notre Dame. So, according to you, you're dealing with more talent. Yeah. But the same things keep happening. Hmm. That's, that's, that's interesting. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. If you guys did not watch Mike Elko's press conference uh, after the game, I think it's about eight minutes. It was really short. He was disgusted, and he didn't think they played well, and he didn't think they coached well. Yeah, because they didn't score all game. I mean, that's like we should be listening to the opposing coach and his sentiments after the game because I promise you they are in line with one what we say but two he was tapping, the he truth. Was tapping a little bit he was tapping a little bit too because he tried to make it seem like he was like yeah we made an adjustment to try to run the ball at halftime you know and it was tough in the first half because they had eight in the box a lot and I'm like wait a minute fam oh yeah the day was man to man on y'all across the board when you spread it out no name might have had eight in the box a few times. On a few it was a, it was still a light box because we we were yeah, trying to stop like, the pass. We wasn't we wasn't worried about you running all day. You like, had bro. to go to the run because that ended up being your most successful towards the end was the quarterback run. But that wasn't the game plan going yeah, in. I'm like, come on, fam! Like you capping a little bit. Don't try to make your squad look better. Notre Dame shuts you down. Just Al Golden had you shut down and had your because I think Riley Leonard was under 50% completions for a long time. Yeah. 
So I don't do. I don't think anybody in that game, coaching staff, neither one of the coaching staff thought they did a good job. Well, you listen to the post-game press conferences, you know? And uh, Mike Elko admitted, yo, that was a huge mistake not to continue to blitz on 4th and 16th. You think? Al Golden. You think? Yeah, that's only rush three and drop eight in the coverage, and we don't know how to play the zone correct in the first place. But this goes to show you, man. You say it all the time. I thought about you, too, on the second and 16. Because Sam got flushed out to the left and threw the ball, and the Duke defensive back dropped the interception. And I immediately thought about you, left, because you were like, on, on, on late drives, when a defense drops an interception, yep. We're going to score. All yep, right. the, the other team is going to score. You missed the opportunity to change your life. You dropped it. And it all, I'm talking about, it's, it never fails. It never fails. The two things in football that never fails. Yeah, I laughed at that. Is if you drop that pick or you <laughs> miss that game-ending opportunity, you're mm -hmm. going to give up the touchdown. I don't care if it's 99 yards, five yards, yeah. a, a missed block or whatever, it's gonna, you're going to lose. The other thing is, scientifically, if you get nine knockouts on defense, yes, you're ninety-eight percent of the time going to win the game. Yes, a knockout is a three and out, turnover on downs, block, field goal, you know, pick, interception, turnover. If you can do that, nine drives out of the game, you're going to win. Left, let me tell you something else. Man, I love our people, man. I got Cajun Irish who's been supporting us from day one. It's really going harder, Tobias. And he said catching a football is catching a football. That's so, do you know, this is why the fastest players and the most athletic players always end up playing defensive back. Why do they end up playing defensive back, Left? Man, it's... Because they can't catch the football. It's such a skill to catch the catch, football. Catching a football, especially at each level, is so... It seems, oh, catching a football is catching a football. No, man. No. It, man. Because not everybody has the same mental toughness when it comes to things that affect you catching the football, like mm -hmm. staying focused and concentrating. Everybody's focus level is different. Everybody's concentration level is different. Everybody's emotions are different. You going into a big game, biggest game in your life or something, your first time out there or your last mm -hmm. time out there, or you got something to prove or you trying to hold on to a spot, you know, all of that is weighted and he's just catch the ball, you know. It's, mm -hmm. not just, it's very few people that play free enough that can 
play in the perspective of playing in the moment. They always talk about playing in the moment. Mm-hmm. Hard to do. And then you add the fact that you got a guy draped over you. You got to know where you're in bounds of. It's just a lot of factors. And then, and then it happens so quick. Like when Tobias pushed off, because that's such an unnatural thing for him, as soon as he pushed off the ball, hitting you in the chest, it's like a reaction thing. So if you're not mentally uh, focused or you haven't had those mental reps or even mm-hmm. reps just doing that, it looks embarrassing because the camera can be slowed down. So you see that the ball comes slow motion, make you look crazy, hit you all in the face and the chest. But in real life, when it's not slowed down a thousand frames per second, mm-hmm. it's like that and it's over and you're just like, oh my God, you know, it happens too quick for the average person to understand. So I think hitting the baseball is harder or probably the hardest thing because I can only imagine you can see a football. You can't see no baseball. <laughs> Look, let me tap in. I played center field in high school and up into college. But I platooned, I platooned with my guy, my right. boy Noah. Me and Noah, we're still tight to this day. I'm going to have to hit the links with him real soon. Yeah. Me, me and my boy Noah was still tight to this day. Noah. Yeah, when Noah would pitch, or if he wasn't in the lineup, because Noah really didn't, he could he couldn't hit, he hit at the bottom of the lineup. And I lay it off. So I spent most of my time. <laughs> I spent most of my time in center field. But Noah was a tad bit faster than me. So anytime Noah played. And he didn't pitch. Noah would play center field, and I would end up playing left field. Trust me, the ball off the bat is totally different in center field than it is playing left field. Really? See, in center field, the ball is coming straight at you, and you get you can pretty much see before you can see by the swing where the ball is going, so you can anticipate in center field. Okay. Left field, if that if you have a left-hand hitter and they hit the ball, that ball more than likely is going to tail towards the line. Oh, okay, okay. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, that makes it's sense. Going to tail, so that's a totally different thing than being in center field. And I'm just telling you, man, it's like people might say like a pop-up is a major league pop-up is easy to catch. All right, try to catch one. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. I, I feel like that because the pop-up regular is hard, you know. Or those, or those ones that skip off the ground. Oh, man. I, no. know, that, I know that's terrible. So, I look. I Look, because I understand. Because I would probably make a, a comment like that as a fan. But just like. You're right. That's a lot, left. That's a lot. Like when you see Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson make these, Stephon Diggs make these hand catches. Hey, that's a lot of time on the jug machine. Yeah, but a also, lot of time. Them gloves, them gloves is kind of nice now. 
them gloves getting them gloves getting better. <laughs> now you still gotta have an enormous amount of talent and focus to you know. You have to. You have to. Real life, dudes. It's a lot of dudes that end up being great defensive backs that wanted to be wide receivers when they were younger. Oh, for sure. Because eventually it gets to a point where, yo, you can't catch. We're going to have to switch you over to defense. Because even the receivers that quote-unquote can catch, you can tell the ones that can really catch are the ones like Brock Bowers, who can catch and run at the same time. Most receivers that you watch in college football catch anything over 10 yards, they catch it and fall into the ground. Because it's a different skill to be able to catch while you're running. It's like walking and chewing bubble gum at the same time. It's two different motions. So most guys, especially when the ball's thrown over the middle or deep, they shut down their feet and just focus on their arms. That's why they're always catching and diving and catching and falling. When you could have been like watching it from the TV, like, oh, you could have caught and kept going. Mm-hmm. A lot of receivers that are elite can catch the ball and act like, oh, okay, it's just a handoff and we out still running and making plays like the Jamar Chases of the world, you know, your Stefan Diggs and stuff. But a lot of fast guys, like you said, and DBs included who can't catch, love to jump as when they're catching the football so they can put all their focus in trying to catch it. Instead of trying to do the action of running after the catch, that's where mm-hmm. you see the the difference with a lot of these uh, top receivers, like a Zachariah Branch, who can has the elite ability to catch while running and being able to find space and stuff. So, you know, Tobias Merriweather is the guy that will catch and fall because he's trying to focus on just catching. When he gets the confidence, he'll be able to catch while running. Absolutely. And be able to ex- have confidence in himself to catch with his hands, you know. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the guy that can just, has the total confidence, conversely, right? The total confidence to catch and run and do all the different type of things, but it's all mental, you know. It's all mental. Yo, it is. And I'm telling you, man. Playing wide receiver and the ones that are elite at it, it's a special thing. And, and appreciate it, sports fans. Just it's certain things to appreciate, right? Um, people that can hit over 300, when they consistently see 95, that's special. Damn. Like, take it for take it from me. That's special. <laughs> you said consistently. Major League Baseball players that can consistently hit over 300, being 95 to 97 and breaking balls, please appreciate what you see. Now, who's that, somebody that's, that's, like Mookie Betts or something? That somebody do that? Uh, what, what Mookie does is at uh, Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, uh, Luis Arise. From the Marlins. That dude has been hitting like 330, 340. He was hitting 400 at some point this season. Like dudes that can do that year after year, that's, bro, that's special. Like, man, people here that 
Tony Gwynn, thank you. Tony Gwynn, bro, used to hit 350 like every year. Like it was clockwork. Like Tony Gwynn and George Brett, oh my God. You just do. They're going to hit 330 at minimum. That's a bad year. 330. Kirby Puckett in his prime from Chicago. 330 for Minnesota. Like, dude, you know, that's special left. That's, man, that's special, man. That, that's not anything to sneeze at. And I know as sports fans, sometimes we normalize what we watch. Because I don't we, know how special a three man, is. I know that. Wade Boggs, Don Mattingly. Bro, when you when you get a cat that's t- Frank Thomas, Frank Thomas' first seven years, not Frank Thomas from the time he came into the league as a rookie left, his first seven seasons stack up. With three other players, bro, in the history of Major League Baseball, is him, is Willie Mays, is Mickey Mantle, and I forget who the other person is. Like, that's it. For seven straight years, as soon as he stepped foot in Major League Baseball. Which is crushing it. That's special, bro. Now, that is that, now, what do you attribute, now, what do you attribute? Is that like a hand-eye thing, or he just know how to time things right? That's they've been touched by God, left. Oh, okay. It's like that type that's, of special. Yeah, that's, like that's, that's it, man. Okay, okay, that's okay. It. <laughs> like you are watching something special, and we as fans, it's like we say, what we watch. I'll say this: what we've watched from an offensive line standpoint at Notre Dame the last decade is special. Yeah. We as fans, we just normalize it because we're just used to the Notre Dame offensive line being good. We're used to putting no offensive linemen in the first round. And we're used to the offensive linemen from Notre Dame going to the NFL and actually being good. We're used to it. So, like, having Joe Alden, Blake Fisher right now is like, that's nothing. Man, do you understand how good Joe Alt is? Notre Dame fans, what he does is special. It's special, man. When you had Quentin Nelson, that was a hey, that dude was special. Special guy right there. Special. And it's I understand as a fan myself, I've done it. I've normalized like what I see in other sports that I haven't played left. Like I, I didn't play football. I played baseball. So it's I'm not going to normalize anything in baseball, bro. Like, Ronald Acuna just hit 40 home runs and stole 70 bases, bro. You think I'm about to treat that like that's normal? That's pretty good. Man, that's not normal, man. That's not normal. And it goes to, instead of really right now, and this is just me requesting this, Yo, man, stick with Tobias Merriweather, man. If you want to pray for him, pray for him, man. Because the young man is trying to mature in life. He's trying to mature as a player. And he's trying to deal with himself and his self-confidence. And that's not an easy thing. And I think most of us should be able to relate to that in some area of life. Whether it was girls as a youngster 
and trying to talk to them or whether it was a career as we got older at some point in life it was difficult for you to have the self-confidence and you had to work through some things and find a way to get to that point and thank god most of us get there you know but i would say instead of coming down on the kid he's just a sophomore like man literally Pray for the kid and pull for the kid, man. Clap louder for the kid to get him out of this and get him through this because he's going through something that everybody goes through. Everybody goes through it. So I would say support him because eventually he's he's going to get there. But yeah, going back to our boy Cajun Irish point, like, yo, you see Jamar Chase and the top wide receivers in the NFL. You see a Cooper Cup, man. It's different. It's definitely it's, different. Yo, it's no joke left. It's yeah. like it's special. It's special. Left will tell you the quarterback position is. Playing that position, bro, I couldn't even imagine players going past my eyes as fast as they go past. I, I can't even imagine that, bro. <laughs> and I have to figure out who to throw to. It definitely is, uh, you know, especially as you rise through the levels. It, it, it happens so fast, but it's one of those things where it's truly about your confidence and your own ability. Man. I think it's like a, it's almost like magic sometimes because, you know, you watch the all 22 co copy of some guys where mm -hmm. they make some throws and you like, how did you, how did you do that? How did, how did you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's beautiful. You see, they throw it in holes and you like, the guy ain't even there yet. Mm -hmm. You watching the tape like, who is he throwing to? And then dude just pop up. That is a pure confidence thing uh, combined with just knowing the game, man. And that's what makes the game so great is that you, you have to be like, – you can't cheat it. You know what I mean? Like your talent cannot cheat the game. Yes. Especially as you, you know, get into the more advanced levels because you have to really know what you're doing, man. You can't rely on strictly talent because the game is too tough, you know what I mean? And it's sad to see some guys that don't understand that. Man, let me tell you something, Left. We finished our show last night. I don't know if it was me as a fan or a perch, just a human being. I was really happy to see Wilson have success with the Jets last night. For real? Like I was, I was happy. I'm like, oh man, that's a nice. I was, cause though I don't look, man. We sit here and we talk and analyze what happens. I, I don't want players to be a bust, bro. I thought drafting Miss Trubisky was the dumbest thing the Bears have ever done. But why though? But I didn't want him to be a bust. I still wanted the Bears to have a squad. Wait a minute. 
Why did you know it was a bad decision? Me? Yes. Oh, because I had just watched Deshaun against Alabama two straight years. Bro. Right, 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 right. No, you knew it was a bad decision. Yeah. Because he wasn't that good. Not I didn't think. No, 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 no. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be honest about my, my feelings at that point in time. Because I don't want to speak up, speak from a futuristic standpoint of watching him play up until today. No, no, at that point in time, it was pretty simple for me. Pat was better, Deshaun was better. That was it. At that point in time, it was like, come on, man. I just watched Deshaun put up almost 1,000 yards combined against Alabama in two games. Like, we're taking this dude. It was really that simple for me. Because you knew by just eye test alone. Yeah, but see, I didn't. I can't say that because I really didn't lay my eyes on Mr. Trubisky that much in college. I didn't even give him a thought. I wasn't stopping on a North Carolina game. You know why? Because he wasn't that good, Sean. It's okay. It's okay to acknowledge the fact that the man wasn't good. That's why you had no thought. But to say good. my point is, I cannot. I could not conclusively say. He wasn't good because I didn't have I didn't give him a I didn't have evaluation. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make a statement. And I didn't make a statement at that point in time. That's why, even though they drafted him, I was pulling for the Bears. This, you know, because the Bears still had a King Hicks, Khalil Mack. You know, they still had a squad. So I'm like, all right, all this kid has to do is come in and that's when we found out McNaggy was a boob. <laughs> I think it's funny because I think sometimes we're too not honest about the truth. I'm watching North Carolina games because of Drake May. Right, 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 right. I'm, I'm watching the replay because I missed it Saturday night. I'm watching a replay of Arizona and Washington yesterday. Exactly. Because, because I think that's that good. I'm going to check in with. It's a natural yeah. thing. Nobody mm -hmm. was checking in the Mitch Trubisky games, nor they was checking in the Zach Wilson games. I don't care what they was talking about. I wasn't checking for them games. But when Trevor played, I checked in. Mm -hmm. It's no different than what all these people are going to Colorado for all of a sudden. They know what's going on because they know what's good. They know what's going to happen. So I don't feel bad for Zach Wilson because he shouldn't be there. Yeah. And this is he's only in a position where this is what happens when you're in a place you shouldn't be. You get talked about bad because people looking outside in know you shouldn't be there. So blame the people that put you there. Yeah, They should be the ones taking the criticism, not Zach Wilson. Because it ain't that you should be a in book level quarterback just floating around, yeah, being a backup, getting a shot in preseason here and there, and then make your money and, and move on. That's the that's where he should be. That's fair. Let me ask you a question. Two parts. Is Sam Hartman somebody you will stop the TV to watch? And can Notre Dame ever have? 
a quarterback that's bigger than Notre Dame? Because we all know people turn to watch Notre Dame anyway. People watch, people watch Notre Dame anyway. So that's the that's two part question. Do people stop to watch Sam Hartman? And will, can Notre Dame ever have a quarterback that's bigger than Notre Dame? To whereas people are like, yo, I'm man, I'm watching him. Like I know he plays in Notre Dame, but he's the reason I'm really watching this game. To your first part, no. Sam threw for 12,000 yards, one of the best ACC quarterbacks ever, and I mm -hmm. never heard about him until he was in the transfer portal for Notre Dame. So I don't think Sam is must-watch TV. I think Sam's great for filling in, a, uh, filling in the blank, but the <laughs> sentence was already built. That's the difference. He was just the word that you needed to make the sentence make sense, but the sentence was already built. Now, the second part of the question is my biggest conspiracy in Notre Dame football after going through it, and I think I was an outlier to it because mm -hmm. I don't think they thought that I thought I was good enough to do it in the biggest picture of things, but I don't know if, the, if, it's, if they're able to, I don't know if it would work, honestly. I think if you look at the quarterbacks, that have been the, the next level guys. Notre Dame's never been in the running for those guys, necessarily. Not okay. for no true, not for no true dudes. Like for instance, we didn't even recruit Caleb Williams. Right. And Caleb Williams had over 50 offers. <laughs> and he went to a Catholic school. So it's not like he didn't pass the the optics test. He did everything that you would expect Notre Dame to be in the list for. We didn't even recruit him. So I do think that there's a certain ceiling to a Notre Dame quarterback that hey, you got to be a part hey, of. To, pick, to piggyback off of that, I think as a person, he would have fit Notre Dame because from what I hear, he is a nerd slash weirdo. Yeah. That's the type of kid he is. And you would never get that persona from watching him play. No. But I hear he is like, it's, it's different, you know. He is like a nerd slash weirdo. Like, yo, the heck? Yeah. Like, you like Harry Potter? Like, what? Like, he throws you off. But he's from D.C., you know, he got some, some eccentric stuff down there. Yeah. Now, is he yeah. from D.C.? Is he from the surrounding areas in Maryland or... No, I believe he's from D.C. Okay. He's from where, wherever Devin Butler's from, that's where he's from. Okay. That's D.C. then. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> one of those things. But I don't think that that Notre Dame wants that just because the brand got to gotta mean the most. They got to mean the most. Now, Notre Dame can curate yeah. what they want for that. And I think that's where the problem comes when you start trying to make things something when you, instead of letting it flow naturally. And so I do think that there's a ceiling as to the level in which they want their quarterback to play. Mm. Not saying they don't want their guy to be a national championship guy, but we would never have a Baker or a Johnny Manziel 
or no, you know. And shout out, shout out, by the way, you just said that. Shout out to Baker Mayfield. He's playing good football. I have to give it to him. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the right opportunity, man. If you're getting the right system and some things fall for you and they want to win behind you, I mean, you can do some things. Man. Yeah, As opposed he's... to the Bears, I feel like if Baker played for the Bears right now, he'd be having the same success. Bro. You know? Not not I'm same off. success as Tampa. I'm just saying the same success as Justin Fields. Like it'd be tough. I'm, I'm just happy we are slated to have the number one and number two pick. That's all. <laughs> That's all. How you know this early in the season, man? Are you kidding me? The Bears aren't winning, bro. Who are they gonna beat? The Jets almost beat the Chiefs. That's true, but the Jets actually have some. The Jets roster is ten times better than the Bears roster. The Bears defense isn't bad. I just play uh, unlimited snaps every game. Left, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> Don't believe that crap. Don't believe that crap. We talked about this yesterday. But the defense week, isn't that bad. The defense is awful, Left. Are you kidding me? Not the defense. They're awful. Y'all can't score points. Left, what are you talking about? The Bears averaged like 30 points per game like the last seven games of the season last year, and they still lost games. <laughs> Justin Fields put up 38 on the Eagles and lost. And lost. They're about to break the NFL record for most games giving up 25 or more points for a defense. <laughs> but you want to say the defense isn't bad? Come on, man. Come on, man. Then you know what? People talk about Caleb Williams and his fingernail polish. I bet you if he was Notre Dame's quarterback, they wouldn't give a darn what he did with his fingernail. Yeah, he would. At Notre Dame, yeah, he would. He might be right. But they would take the W. I guarantee oh, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They'll say That's something. My they'll point. take W. Yeah, they'll take the W. Oh, man. We'll crack on you behind your back, but man, good job. Yeah, yeah. Great game. Way to lead us to the championship. There you go. I, I, I wear clear nail. I, I put on clear nail polish every time I get my nails done. So I guess you could label me a, a, a weirdo if you want to. Hold on. Hold on. It would only be weird I, if you. I, 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 per, I prefer to clear over the buff. Okay. That's me personally. But you wouldn't add no color to it, though. Color? I <laughs> uh, wouldn't be, you know, no, but that, I wouldn't be bedazzled with jewels and none of that stuff. <laughs> no. You know, I don't have a problem with, you know, none of that. No. No. But is that what is that what people got to do for 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 uh what they call and it? Let me ask a question because I don't know because I really don't focus on it because I'm not judging that dude by some darn nail polish. I'm just darn. Other people got to do stand out these days. Most most people in their life have something really weird that if they let it out the closet, most people would judge it. Let's. I let's don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I left, left. Left is something weird about you, bro. That if you let the world know, they would judge you. Stop. Stop. Well, but what? I don't, I don't know. Be, I don't know what it would be. 
it ain't it ain't that many things in the world that that, that that's weird that is that weird where people will really look at you funny like like for instance if somebody was eating foam cushions yes in their spare time everybody in the world would think that's weird i'll i'll you know what i'll embarrass myself oh my goodness i'll embarrass myself left i cannot use the restroom if i'm not fully disrobed that's not weird I did that that's, this morning. That's 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 weird, bro. I, I, my family, when I tell you my family, man, they get at me about that. Like, bro, you you had to you had to take everything off, fam. Yeah, I mean, what's the? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, I I can't. So like can't. the airport. So like the airport. Yeah. Fully disrobed. Mm-mm. That's another thing. I do not do public. I I would go. I would drive to the nearest friend or relative's house. What do you? Before, what about before, traveling and stuff? I've never used the bathroom on an airplane, ever. No, I mean like okay. No, I mean like South Bend. You in South Bend? Okay. Never. Who you who's friend and families in South Bend? Like what is what is your situation then? Say it again. You said when you at you never go if I'm in, in South public. if I'm in South Bend, I'm going to Driscoll's house. What are you talking about? Okay, okay. I didn't know. I'm just saying I'm not no, I don't do that public bathroom. No, uh-uh. You've never used a public bathroom. Now, no, no, no. I'm saying if I'm going to just, you know, urinate, yeah, I'll stand. You know, at a urinal. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. talking about. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. That's no. not weird. That's not weird. No, but I'm just saying that this roving thing. This is what I said. There's always something that other people. It's not weird to me. It's not weird to you, but I get judged. Oh, okay. By other people because they consider it weird, and I'm saying everybody probably has something that they do that if they told people that's what they did. People would judge it and consider it weird. That's why I really don't focus on the whole man. It's a lot of men in this world that paint nails, get paint their nails, bro. I don't, I don't know who they are as men. I don't know who they are as family men. I don't know what type of persons they are, and I could care less. That that's why, dude. And it's not like this dude is putting full colors on each nail. The dude is putting letters on nails, man, with a message. So I right, man, look, it's I, it's some other stuff I got, dude. Right? People judge me for the, the cheddar cheese on apple pie, love. That's a bad one. Yeah, that's a bad one. I'm a weirdo yeah. for that. Yeah, I think that's a bad one, Sean. Cheddar cheese and apple pie, I don't know. So man, see, somebody's judging me already, saying that's gross. Hey, it, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's a great combination. You should try it. I'm about to. Uh, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going right back to the store. I'm gonna get some more barbecue brisket. 
Ta giảm hỡ Left, you got some weird I see you posting some stuff on Facebook. You have some very weird taste buds, my brother. I would love to review. I'm just saying, you have some very interesting taste buds. I would definitely love to find out which ones. <laughs> You're stupid, man. Because we could debate that for sure. Oh, it's South Bend? I wouldn't even have to go to Driscoll's. I got a childhood friend named Mario Dunlap who actually watches our podcast that lives there. Him and his family. We grew up in the same church. So I would hit up, I would hit up Mario. Like, yo, I'm on the way to the crib. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, my, my younger brother's the same way. My younger brother would actually. He's really bad. He used to leave his girlfriend's house, which is like 10 minutes from me, to come use my bathroom. Because mm. he didn't want to do that in her house while they were like getting to know each other. Mm. He, he didn't want her to walk in and smell that. <laughs> and for a long time, he would literally leave her crib Come to my house, use the bathroom, and go back. I said, you you don't you want to stink up my crib, but you don't want to stink up her crib. Thanks a yeah, lot, bro. Make, Thanks yeah, a lot, bro. Makes a lot of sense. Thanks a lot, bro. Me and my wife, the missus, we we appreciate. <laughs> you know what time it is, left. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Now, are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty stories of the day. Hey, I saved this one. We didn't talk about it on a post game, and we didn't talk about it at all today. And I specifically saved it. What in the hell was Chris and Tyree doing on that punt? I don't what know. was he thinking, Left? I don't. Was he trying oh. to give the game away? Oh yeah, <laughs> bro. I look. I purposely held off on this dude for this moment. Hey, put that dude on the petty train. Yeah, doing too much. Bruh, you're doing way too much, bro. He dove on that ball like he was diving on a grenade trying to save everybody on the field. Yeah, terrible. Like, man, come on, fam. What is that? Boy, if that if that had been like the turning point of the game, 
Because at that point, Duke couldn't even move the ball. If he had given them that ball right there and they took advantage of it, that might have been leave him on the tarmac. Man. Crazy. Yo. Lilo, man, I don't really, I really have, I've been blessed, left. My stomach has been really um, supportive in my lifetime, if that makes sense. Okay. You know how a lot, like my wife, like dairy just, she can't do dairy, bro. No? No, she does dairy. And my, my younger brother, if he does anything hot, it messes him up. My stomach really has been like uh, a very solid performer for me through my life, left. I've never had, never, man, consistent, never had problems. I can mix things. You know, I can have creamy soup as an appetizer and then mix that with like solid foods right behind it, you know, and people are like, dude, I'm like, man, my, man, my stomach is, I've been blessed, man. I really have. I really have. Damn. I really have. I don't know. I can't say anything that really messes me up for real no because i love i love ice cream bro so i know hey i'm blessed that it'll mess me up either the only thing that messed me up is when i found out as a teenager what my grandmother had been feeding me Matter of fact, happy birthday to my grandmother. Happy birthday. And rest easy, uh, grandma. Um, yeah, man. Taco Bell never did anything to me, Marvin. I used to get Taco Bell Grandes with the cinnamon, uh, the cinnamon joints they used to have. Oh, yeah. What was your go-to, uh, in high school Chipotle or Piata is like an Italian Chipotle it's amazing and that's, and that's, that's, that's lit in Ohio oh man well it's lit I guess in that area I mean it was so good man you gotta check it out next time <clears throat> you get to dating man you gotta try it out alright like my, my go to was Pizza, uh, Pizza Hut mm. Pizza Hut it was really popping back in the day and the Pizza Hut in Chicago that we went to, we had the personal pan. That's when they first came out with the Meat Lovers personal pan. Mm. So we would get the Meat Lovers personal pan and the garlic uh, breadsticks with marinara sauce. Back then, you could get that for lunch for 10 bucks. Wow. With a, with a pop. We were in heaven, bro. No, that's a deal. They don't have deals like that no more. Man, personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut right now, I think it's like $12 left. It's bananas. It ain't the same no more, man. Ain't the I same. used to love I used to love Whoppers back in the day. I never forget the Burger King on Green Street. 
down in Champaign had a special after the parties. We would leave the party, go to Burger King, and we would get two Whoppers for $3. Dang. I think that, a Whopper right now by itself is like four fifty. Yeah, they don't even have dollar menus no more. That used to be no. The Wendy's dollar menu was fire. Oh yeah, super fire. Or didn't they have something a four for forty? Used to be able to get. Can't even get that no more. It's like six dollars. Man, McDonald's needs to bring back that strawberry lemonade though. That frozen joint. Oh, and the snack wraps. You know, hey, Dunkin' Donuts has some really good breakfast snack wraps, bro. I'm gonna go today. <laughs> I'm gonna go tomorrow. <laughs> my wife, my daughter used to get them like every morning I would drop off at school and we had to go buy Dunkin' Donuts and she would get two. She would get the turkey sausage and egg joint. I had to get that. And they were like, man, she would get two of them. Like, all right, I'm good. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We dig into Louisville tomorrow. And don't forget, well, I can't say don't forget because we didn't mention it. I was supposed to mention it. Notre Dame has been suffering some soft tissue injuries. And Cam McDaniel is concerned. So Cam is going to join us on tomorrow's show to discuss the departure of Matt Bayless, uh, the new strength and conditioning coach, and what's going on at Notre Dame to make sure that they stay a little bit healthier as a program. So he'll join us tomorrow. We'll talk Louisville a little bit more and maybe a couple more things from Marcus Freeman's press conference. So have a fantastic day. But most of all, you already know, left. We gotta spin it different. different. All right. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.